Hi, my name is Heidi Phillips, and you're listening to The Aging Athlete. We'll be discussing topics related to aging well and living an active life. Many times we'll have interviews with medical professionals, athletes, and other experts in the aging journey. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Well, hello and welcome back to The Aging Athlete. I am very excited. We have with us today, Dr. Joel Kahn, and I'm going to share a little bit of background information on Dr. Kahn. He received his medical degree from the University of Michigan Medical School and did his residency specializing in cardiology at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School at Dallas, completing that in 1989. Dr. Kahn is on staff at the Wayne State School of Medicine as a clinical professor of medicine and cardiology. He's a writer for a number of different columns. And Dr. Khan, you're also the founder of the Khan Center for Cardiac Longevity, which you started in 2015 and is known as the most advanced heart and stroke prevention clinic in the Midwest. You're also a keynote executive speaker and an author. And I am so excited. It is February's Heart Health Month. And I was so excited that you were willing to give us a little bit of your time um, in talking about heart disease. And I was particularly interested in you because you're all about preventative health and reversing heart disease, and you are talking about prevention of heart disease a lot. I follow you on Twitter, so I see everything you're posting, and um, you're a more holistic cardiologist who believes in whole food plant-based eating, so that was a particular interest to me. So thank you again for being here. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure, and thank you for all you do to keep people healthy, and we'll... uh... Upgrade the health of the world right now in the next, you know, hour or 45 minutes. Awesome. Sounds great. So I always like to start my podcast with asking people how they wound up doing what they do. So what got you interested in pursuing medicine and cardiology in particular? And what made you take the more holistic approach as a medical doctor? Because that is more unusual. And I'm sure there's a story behind that. Yeah, when I was four years old, I wrote down all my life goals and I wrote down the date I was going to achieve them. And I've accomplished them one by one all these years later. That is a BS response. (laughs) It was all coincidence and maybe listening to the energy of the world. I uh, was born almost 62 years ago with a little heart murmur, caused my mother and my father to be very worried. It caused me to start seeing a pediatric cardiologist when I was, you know, two weeks old. I don't remember that far back. Nothing ever happened of it. I had some testing, but I had to see a pediatric cardiologist every six to 12 months. I never was restricted and it is a non-issue, but I was around heart docs and I was around machines and I was around smells and I was around noises and I found it all very interesting. And by age 10, I would have told you I want to be a cardiologist, even though there was no medical doctors in my family. So thank you for that murmur. And it uh, led me on a really, you know, still very fired up, excited path, uh, practicing more than 30 years. Secondly, I grew up in a home where we didn't eat ham or meat and milk. We kept kosher. And when I went to the University of Michigan, it was a small issue. But I looked around and said, there's a big old salad bar. Let's see how that works, because I didn't really have that much time to think about it. I never heard the word vegan or vegetarian that was not part of the family tradition. And really within a week or two, I was like happy as a clam. I really did feel good and uh, couldn't see any reason to change uh, what I was doing. Had a girlfriend at the time who felt dramatically better eating only at the salad bar. So we were stuck for life. In fact, she's my wife of 40 years. So we're really stuck for life. Uh, And we have never eaten animal products since age 18. So 44 years ago. 
again, I wrote that life goal down when I was four years old, not. And uh, finally, finally, I went through all my medical training, eating plant-based, little bit of reading about nutrition. I frankly, nobody attacked you back then. Nobody said you were going <laughs> to die of protein deficiency. I didn't even consider it. I just knew I was eating a lot of different food and it was tasty. And I was in Dallas for three years. I think I ate more okra than any human in the world because there weren't that many <laughs> options in Dallas uh, when you were at the hospital cafeteria. But um, I finished in 1990. So I had my heart murmur. Now I'm a cardiologist and I had my kosher rules. So I've been uh, eating plant-based for by that point, 13 years. And Dr. Dean Ornish published a paper about three weeks after I began my practice back in Michigan in Ann Arbor. And I read it and I said, this is nuts. I mean, what I've kind of been doing with the family, because by then there were two of the three little chitlins, um, is actually a therapy. I mean, nobody had ever taught me that in Ann Arbor or Dallas or Kansas City. These were steak, particularly Dallas and Kansas City were steakhouse cities. Uh, we never got lectures on nutrition, and certainly there wasn't that much evidence that anybody could have ever told you about plant-based nutrition. So really, from the beginning of my career, I now had a reason to tell a patient, maybe you should read Dr. Ornish's book, maybe you should cut back a little bit, you know, maybe you should try uh, reversing your artery disease. And that just led me on a very unusual practice, a very aggressive, classic cardiology and also nutrition that led to supplements that led to mind body that led to fitness that led to sleep medicine and you know ultimately went back and got certified and all that stuff and changed the practice to just up the amount of kale and decrease the amount of stents i love it that is so i i love hearing this it's so refreshing to hear i I think i'm gonna make a fake list of goals you know in real (laughs) scratchy writing and show it from now on (laughs) motivate people they got to write down their goals it'd be awesome although it'd be a false story (laughs) (laughs) and we don't want to we don't want to um you don't want false stories it's good it's good to chuckle though (laughs) it always is good to laugh i love that so you actually and that proof i have this theory about people that the reason we do what we do is as a because of you know our own experiences or things we were trying to prevent or help or address. And we wind up doing things related to that. So that was super interesting that you were born with a heart murmur and that puts you in that um, environment a lot early on. So that was very interesting to me. Um, Can you share with us what you feel are the most important things for Americans to focus on to decrease the risk of heart disease, heart attack and stroke, um, cardiovascular disease? Cardiovascular disease is still America's number one killer, although with COVID in 2020, I think it might mess up the numbers some, but I know heart disease is inflammation and inflammation cause, you know, people who have inflammation are not doing well with COVID. So I don't know if you want to address that or not, but. Yeah, we can talk about all that. Now, we are still number one as of statistics about two weeks ago, even in 2020. Wow. Okay. Um, it's actually been since 1918, so 103 wow. years. More people die of cardiovascular disease, stroke, heart attack, dying related to procedures like bypass surgery and such, um, rhythm problems of the heart, things that cause people to drop over dead suddenly. Yeah, we're still number one. Very proud of that. No, no, because there's been 70 years of focus on trying to identify what causes heart disease and uh, reduce the numbers. And there actually, there's trends that less people die of heart disease, but still number one. 
our lifespan's longer, so we're doing better in some sense compared to the 50s and 60s, but we're not doing all that well. And the number of dollars we spend, about $400 billion a year, we could use on a lot of other good things like gardens and sidewalks and farmers markets and really good preventive strategies. Um, you know, most people know that since the 1960s research, after Eisenhower had a heart attack in 55, a lot of money started pouring into research. Why do people have heart attacks? When a president has one, it stimulates science. That's when they founded the National Institutes of Health and uh, stuff like the Framingham study. And we learned real quick, don't smoke. Everybody's shocked right now, Heidi. Don't smoke. <laughs> it really does double to triple your risk of heart disease. Good news used to be 50% Americans. Now maybe 15, 16% of Americans smoke regularly. Good news. Number two, get regular fitness. There's your thing. You know, it doesn't have to be ultra marathons, but it does have to be stand 30 minutes of walking and every other variation. But, you know, don't be a couch potato. And some people, their job requires it. Truck drivers, school bus drivers, people at a computer. Get up. There's this little thing called exercise snacks. Four or five minutes, two minutes. Get down, do a burpee, do a push-up, touch your toes, do some squats. Just something real quick next to your chair. Get back in your chair. Number three is avoid diabetes. Best way to avoid diabetes is stay thin and don't eat processed foods. Processed foods from the middle of the grocery store, the vending machine, fast food restaurants, fried food. Uh, fruit doesn't cause diabetes. Fried food causes diabetes. Processed food causes diabetes. Your waistline getting bigger and bigger causes diabetes. All that's reversible, which is the more important message. But uh, we're talking, of course, type 2 adult diabetes, not uh, the insulin requiring one. That's a whole nother topic. Uh, number three, avoid high blood pressure. Number one, you have to have a blood pressure cuff because there's no way to know your blood pressure is up until it's 220 and you don't want to wait. Get a home digital blood pressure cuff in heart month for sure and check it. And it is the number one killer in the world, hypertension. Number one killer. It falls under cardiovascular disease, but it leads to stroke, heart attack, aneurysms, loss of kidney function. Uh, high blood pressure is a bugger. In fact, I'm not showing off. This is actually a blood pressure watch. The band inflates. I'm playing with different wearables because measuring wow. your blood pressure is tough. And then avoid high cholesterol. You need to get blood tests. Um, and you need to identify, I'd get a blood test early. If you've got kids that are 18, get them checked for their cholesterol. And uh, if you've not had one in a while, that's the basics. And actually there's studies, two big studies out of Northern Europe. You're free of heart disease. You get asked a million questions. 15 years later, you count how many bodies have had a heart attack or stroke. If you do five things, similar to what I said, you drop your risk of a heart attack by 85%. What are those five things? They're pretty similar. One, don't smoke. Two, regular fitness. Three in that study was more than five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. You can have a piece of salmon and still do more than five servings of fruit and vegetables a day. That's the one that Americans do the worst on. Very few Americans, under 5%, eat five or more servings of fruit and vegetables a day. Number four is actually sleep, seven to eight hours versus less than five hours. That came out of these studies. Very interesting aspect in our digital world of being up all night long. And the last one everybody will love, those people that actually have a glass of wine a couple, three times during the week have less heart attacks than people that say, I don't drink at all. And certainly the people that say they drink a bottle of wine a night are in trouble for all kinds of other reasons. Basic stuff. If you want to go, I, I kind of lecture 99%, not 85% prevention from heart disease. 
just do two more things. Get a heart CT scan. You go to your local hospital right now or call them and say, I want a heart CT calcium scan. Lie down, hold your breath, go home. That's the entire test. No needle, no injection, no exercise, um, no iodine dye to harm your kidneys. You just have to hold your breath. About the same or less radiation as a mammogram, and you do it once, age 45. You want to be a zero. If you're a zero, you're not going to have a heart attack. That means your arteries are free of calcium and clean. And you never know. You know, Winston Churchill was a big fat cigar smoker. He lived till 91. And Jim Fix was a thin little runner, and he died at age 53. Looking at people doesn't tell. A CAT scan tells. The CAT scan will tell you, you may not know you're carrying genetic risk, um, or maybe those cigarettes in college and, you know, that heavier weight around the time you were having kids or whatever the history you have is. Get a heart calcium CT scan. It's about $75 in my town. It's $100. In Cleveland, it's free. They actually, the hospitals don't even charge. And get a couple extra blood tests. This is not geared to be a commercial, but as I'm reaching over, I wrote a book uh, in 2020 called Lipoprotein A. I just want to show the word. That's really all I'm doing it for. That's a genetic cholesterol that 25% of all people inherit. Lipoprotein, and you use, use a little a, lowercase a. 25% of people, just think about that. That's 90 million Americans. That's maybe 1.7 billion people inherit a cholesterol that can cause them to have a heart attack, a stroke, a blood clot, or die uh, at age 45 or 50. It's a risk factor. I have a whole practice full of patients that inherited that, and they found me, and they call me. And many of them don't have heart disease. But when you hear from a doctor, we don't know why Bob had his stroke today. We don't know why Ellen had her heart attack. You know, say, what labs did you draw, and did you happen to draw lipoprotein A? So if you live the lifestyle and do a couple extra things, then you can really say you're golden. And do it early. I mean, there actually is science. If you start a healthy lifestyle of fitness, non-smoking, and healthy diets at age 20, whoa, you're setting yourself up for some good, not just heart health, cancer health, brain health, diabetic health. You wait till you're 60 or 70, you can make phenomenal advances, but you're dealing with trying to turn an older ship around, uh, aged athlete. It's just a little tougher, but it's well worth doing. So this book, Lipoprotein A, and, and our listeners will not be able to see what you just showed because we're oh. only going to be audio, but can, can we buy that still somewhere? Yeah, it just came out nine months ago. It's on okay. Amazon. Uh, it's, it's interesting. You'll hear about it a lot in five years. Why? Because two of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world are developing drugs to lower that cholesterol. Every drug we have out now to lower cholesterol doesn't work. So as soon as there's a $20,000 a year drug, there'll be education to physicians and nurses and students and physician assistants. Everybody's going to check it. In Europe, they're ahead of us. They added it to the routine blood panel last year, two years ago. And I think they're going to help a lot of people identify. Even if you can't change it right now, like regular cholesterol, here's your Lipitor, boom. I mean, there's a lot of other things you can do other than Lipitor, but that's the medical model. Um, even if you can't change this cholesterol, you still can say, whoa, I didn't know that I got a gift from mom and dad. Not the best gift, but nonetheless, love your parents. And you might want to go to the gym more and upgrade your diet and drop some weight and sleep better and not smoke and uh, hit the bullseye on a glass of wine, you know, two or three a week no more. That is great information. I'm yeah, so I just glad call we're... every day of the week a week. That way it's a little more liberal interpretation. <laughs> 
It's I'm two just... week. I, this thing Tuesday, it's old fashioned. Call it Two's week. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be getting that book. I know I've inherited high cholesterol from my father. So um, I already have somewhat elevated cholesterol. I don't take any statins because I know what they do. Um, so I'm very interested in that book. But um, moving on to, to diets, there's a lot of misinformation out there on different diets. Um, and I know that you're more whole food plant-based, but there, there are so many different conflicting things out there. Um, there's low carb, there's keto, there's paleo, there's all this stuff. And people tend to be so focused more on what they look like and losing weight, which is always a good thing, but, but how you get there matters too, I believe. And what does it do to you long-term? Losing weight's a good thing, except if it's from chemotherapy or coronavirus, not always a good thing, but, um, or crystal meth. Don't try the crystal meth diet. It's out there. It's very popular right now, but don't do it. Uh, and that's not true, but don't do it anyways. Um, to answer your question, it's easier to agree on what we don't like. I actually speak at paleo conferences. I have talked at keto gatherings. I actually am fairly friendly with a lot of these people. After a little bit of friction and a little bit of Twitter war, and you might have seen some of that, but, um, you know, because I can stand there and we can all say what not to eat. Stop eating fast food. Stop ordering from KFC and Arby's and Hardee's and Burger King and McDonald's and on and on. You know, stop ordering pepperoni, cheese, tombstone. I think it's a great name for a pepperoni pizza, tombstone, because <laughs> uh, it's the most truth in advertising out there. And learn how to make bean soup and learn how to cut up a salad and learn how to cook oatmeal. So it's easier to identify what not to eat, you know, the, the, the donuts, because we're surrounded by people call it a toxic food environment. And I agree. And it's not random. I mean, there's billions of dollars and there's food scientists and they have us, you know, totally on a leash. They know how to get us food addicted and stay food addicted. And it's, you know, with government subsidies, it's even worse because some of this food is actually less expensive than wholesome food. And then you get to, you know, as extreme as all plant diet, which I've done now for more than 40 years, to an all meat diet, the carnivore movement, and kind of much more in the middle, paleo, Mediterranean, um, you know, as long as diets, and this may tick off some of my, you know, vegetarian, vegan, but as long as diets have a ample amount of fruits and vegetables, if you want to do low carb berries and leafy greens as your fruits and vegetables, fine. Uh, if you want to do what I do, which if it's any kind of fruit and vegetable, it's going to end up on my plate if I can be around it. But either way, if you get enough, you're, you know, you're in enough diversity, arranging colors and textures and foods and fibers, you know, an all meat diet obviously has no fiber. It's always odd. Where's the vitamin C, which should make our arteries strong. And, and frankly, you can do a lot of diets for a year or two and lose some weight. I mean, heart disease is a decade long plus process. Cancer grows slowly. I mean, you're not really sure what's going to, it's an experiment you're doing on your body and what's going to happen to your breasts and your prostate and your heart arteries. Um, the science doesn't favor diets that aren't whole food plant forward. I mean, the science favors the Mediterranean diet. There's actually even just late 2020, early 2021, there's a new version of the Mediterranean diet. I encourage people just to go search for it called Green Med Diet, the Mediterranean diet that they've uh, scientists have suggested. We make it better than the cultural diet. 
take away even a little more animal product, put in a giant green smoothie with an interesting green vegetable called mankai. I never heard of, but I have it in my freezer now, M-A-N-K-A-I, uh, delicious little thing. Um, so, you know, anything like that. Now, can you exist on all plants? Absolutely. Uh, stay away from the vegan tombstone pizza, eat whole food. Uh, many diets need supplementation. I don't find it a big issue. I mean, it's actually recommended adults over 50 take B12. Well, if a vegan takes B12, it's a recognition we have an inadequate you know, diet plan. No, it's a smart move. Oh, 50% of adults are low in vitamin D. And right now with COVID, you don't want to be low in vitamin D. All right. So a vegan takes vitamin D, he gets attacked on social media. Uh, adults should get a blood level or take a modest amount of vitamin D. And many of us are challenged getting enough omega-3 nutrition. Chia seeds, flax seeds, hemp parts, walnuts, leafy greens, salmon, sardine, mackerel, herring. Not much in tuna. None in chicken, none in red meat, none in lamb. Well, a little in lamb, actually. Very little, little, little lamb. Maybe a touch more in grass-fed than uh, CAFO factory-raised beef. But, you know, you don't want to get your omega-3 from beef. It's an extremely inefficient filter. A cow's not a very good omega-3 filter. So, I mean, diets can have deficiencies. If you want to go for optimal diets, you'd get some blood work and find out how's it all working for you. But um, so anything from, you know, paleo is a lot cleaner than the average American diet. Mediterranean is a whole lot cleaner and has so much science that paleo and keto still are trying to acquire. And, you know, there has been the last two years, a number of really good science for whole food, plant-based nutrition in athletes like the Game Changers movie. But I'm talking actually published data. Uh, the most recent was comparing in a prospective randomized diet study, very hard to do in humans, the Mediterranean diet versus the whole food plant-based diet. And there was actually much better healthy weight loss. Surprisingly, uh, people ate less calories on a whole food plant-based diet. They actually filled up, had satiety. They could eat as much as they want of all the plants, as much as they want of a Mediterranean style diet. They actually lost tremendously more weight after I think 16 weeks in the study. So, um, but don't fight about it. Just upgrade your health, eat apples, eat berries, eat bananas, uh, you know, eat every sweet potatoes, white potatoes, fruit doesn't cause diabetes. Again, fried food, fast food causes diabetes. Thank you for that. That's great. And I am taking D and a vegan omega and a B12 a sublingual. Good for you. So I'm on the right road. Um, so a lot of people don't believe heart disease can be reversed. And I know that, that there are books published on that. I know you have experience with that. Can you speak to that? And do you have any examples you can share, obviously, without naming names um, or any stories you'd like to share with us? Sure. I mean, it was, that's a, you know, a big, hairy goal to believe you can take a disease that the textbooks say is just slowly, progressively going to get worse and worse and worse and clog your arteries to your heart, to your brain, to your kidneys, to your legs, to your sex organs. And then you die as an old crippled vascular path. We call them vascular paths. Not a really nice term. Um, there were some insights around the time of World War II because we found populations around the world that didn't have heart disease. The whole country of Uganda, there was like one heart attack a year recorded and I think it was the state of New Jersey had about the same number of people, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of heart attacks. And similarly, around Naples, Italy, cardiologists said, we treat 
high blood pressure. We don't see heart attacks in Naples, Italy. That's actually what started the research on the Mediterranean diet. A uh, bright scientist uh, told that by his peers in Naples. He was from Minneapolis. Said, you know, we need to figure out why you legitimately say your hospital records don't show heart attack patients. So when we understood that there was huge variability in the rate of heart attacks, you know, Okinawa, Japan, nearly none. Uh, Icaros, Greece, nearly none. Crete, nearly none. Finland, oh my God, highest heart attack rate in the world. That was actually a research project. Why were men at age 40 dropping dead of heart attacks in Finland and men in Crete were not? And they both had high fat diets. Well, it turns out Finland was sausage and cheese and butter and Crete was vegetables and olive oil. And there's a big difference in one particular nutritional content, saturated fat, which, you know, after a lot of research, the general agreement to this day, the latest USDA guidelines, latest research is still uh, a high saturated fat diet, egg yolks, cheeses, meats, coconut oil, um, lard, butter, uh, will raise your cholesterol and not in a week, but maybe in a decade, uh, put you at risk of stroke, heart attack, and other problems. And a uh, still could be a, a, a Crete-type diet, plants with olive oil, plants with nuts, plants with avocados, um, can be much more healthy. Um, so all those things led people to do research. Mr. Nathan Pritikin, an engineer, the Pritikin Longevity Center, put all that to the test. Can I take people with diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease put them on a plant diet naturally low in fat because we're not using coconut oil. We're not using fake margarine. And he showed you could reverse those diseases clinically. And then it took Dr. Dean Ornish, who uh, trained as an internal medicine doc to raise the money and do the research. Can we actually look at arteries and see arteries get better with a whole food plant diet? And he showed it and it was published in 1990. That's the paper I read at the beginning of my uh, clinical career. Dr. Esselstyn at the Cleveland Clinic, similar experience. So just bringing it up to date, I mean, in my clinic right now in suburban Detroit, I post these pictures. I posted one yesterday on Twitter of people who have, I use carotid ultrasound because it's a very easy artery to get very accurate measurements. It's harder to take pictures and measurements of heart arteries. It puts people's health at risk to do that where there's no risk to doing an ultrasound. And, you know, a year after starting a whole food plant diet from whatever they were on, measuring their vitamin levels, making sure they're optimized, fitness, sleep, stress management. You can see plaque shrink, shrink, shrink. I showed one yesterday. A woman used to have a blockage in her left carotid, and it's all gone now. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. Can we take it all the way? That's unusual. Uh, shrink, I see. Uh, disappear is you know exciting. So it absolutely can happen. And it only makes sense. I mean, you can't change your genetics but you can change your diet, your fitness, your sleep, your response to stress, your smoking habit. And we know that those things in combination can fuel the fire and we can put the fire out by adopting that heart. It, and it turns out a heart healthy diet is a cancer healthy diet. It's a brain healthy diet. It's a kidney healthy diet. You know, the body just knows good nutrition from crap processed chemicals. So uh, all the organs are flooded with better you know, nutrition, fuel and blood when you upgrade your health, absolutely can reverse heart disease. You can't take, you know, aged arteries and make them like when you were 15. Not yet. Can't do that much, but you can make chest pain go away. You can make stress tests look better, be better. You can make angiograms or carotid ultrasounds show improvements. Uh, you can actually document it objectively. I don't think there's any debate.
That's fantastic. I love hearing that. And I don't think there's enough of this out there. You really have to go, you have to go look for it. Um, Agree, sadly, because the standard medical world often doesn't know that it's part of our uh, medical tradition, that these are achievable. And they, you know, if they don't know it, they're certainly not going to live it and they're not going to teach it. And that's why I was excited to talk to you because so many, most medical professionals just want to give you a diagnosis and give you a pill or a prescription. And while that can be necessary sometimes, I just, I love that you're focusing on prevention and how, and how people can help reverse their heart disease and so forth. So I know that's what I'm interested in. So hopefully listeners will also be very interested in that. So you have a center for cardiac longevity that bears your name. Can you share with us what you focus on there and how it's different from more traditional cardiac care? And would somebody be able to go to that website and see you? I mean, I know they would have to fly there to actually be a patient. I believe. You know, we fly and we do telehealth, you know, that's obviously accelerated ever since the virus came into our lives. Um, Number one, the first appointment's always at least an hour. And frankly, I don't have enough time in an hour. Now, my prior life was 20 minutes for a new patient. But I mean, I know what breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, what time you wake up, what time you go to bed, what's the stresses, what's the past trauma, a little bit about you personally, what do you like to do, your dental health, your sexual health. Um, it's a pretty detailed series of questions. Um, and of course, reviewing any data people have. People come that just want to be checked, true, total preventive care. Um, I know this is an issue. I heard you on a podcast. I read your book. I just want you to run that blood work you talked about. Help me arrange that heart calcium CT scan at the local hospital. Sure. You can do that anywhere in the United States, actually, most places in the world. Um, Some people have disease and they're really struggling with it. They've had bypass. They've had stents. They've had strokes. They've got fibrillation. And they're tired of that many pills, and they aren't getting much response from the local team. And I always work with whoever the local doctors are. But nonetheless, I mean, it may be making a medical diagnosis. I diagnose sleep apnea a lot that hasn't been previously diagnosed and get treatment for it and see the blood pressure come down and the weight start to improve and the heart rhythm start to improve. Um, It might be identifying a genetic abnormality like lipoprotein A we can try and work with or a major series of vitamin deficiencies we can replace. Many, many heart patients, stroke patients um, have never had any discussion about nutrition. And I just go through the quick quiz. I always don't, I'm not going to make you feel bad. Do you know who Dr. Ornish is? Do you know who Dr. Esselstyn is? Do you know who Dr. McDougall is? Have you ever watched Forks Over Knives? You know, and three, four questions if I'm getting no, no, no. I know I've got a lot of opportunity here to introduce good science and I always ask people to watch Forks Over Knives, What the Health, and the Game Changers movie between the first and the second visit. And amazingly, I'd say 80% of people actually do watch all three. And very often they come back and uh, they're actually very low-key about it. And it strikes me, you're eating a whole food plant diet. You weren't doing that four weeks ago. And they just, you know, people are smart. They get it. Just give them the data. Um, You know, I'd like to refer to dietitians more. There aren't a lot in you know, people's insurance plans or a lot that are plant-based. But I actually find that just watching those movies gets them to the point, now they need some recipes, now they need a little help, and whether it be websites, books, other you know, approaches. But, um, and they're going to get really extensive blood work. Extensive. I sounded like expensive, but 
is all run through people's insurance and generally quite well covered. The lipoprotein A blood test is $45 blood test, so it's not outrageous. Uh, as I said, that heart calcium CT scan is 75 to $150, and you do it once. It's not for people who've already had a heart attack or a bypass. They know they got a problem. It's for the other person that just shows up saying, you know, characterize me, you know, take me apart, put me back together and just reassure me that I'm in as good a shape as I think I am. And very often they are, but we pick up some gym fixes every now and then and make sure they don't end up with, you know, the tragic sudden death outrunning that gym fix suffered and many, many other people. Yeah. Sadly, I've written so much about sudden heart deaths and how to identify and prevent them. I get calls all over the country, usually from widows, not widowers. You know, Dean was 45 years old. He was an army grad. He was working at Apple. He was on his way up the executive ladder and he was playing hockey and he just dropped dead. And I wish I would have found your stuff, you know, six months ago before he died. I mean, these are, these are real people with real tragedies and moms trying to raise kids with, you know, dad dead. So that keeps me fueled because I know enough of those people and the real inside trauma that happens. And there's a remarkable woman, and actually Dean is her uh, beloved and deceased husband, but when uh, he passed away at age 45 about seven years ago, she, of course, you know, had to deal with all the tragedy of what was going on in two young kids. But then she set up a foundation called No More Broken Hearts to teach not mm-hmm. just women but men uh, that there was testing available, heart CT scans, blood tests. And she actually got funding for a bus that travels around San Jose area that has a CT scanner in the back of the bus. So it pulls up to a work site and they've arranged that people can come in and actually get that calcium scoring CT scan at a firehouse or a you know business building or, or a school, wherever. I mean, it's not for children, but for adults. So, you know, that that keeps me fueled to know that other people out there are giving their heart and soul to try and save others from the pain they felt. That's, that's a beautiful story. I love hearing that. And I know that's very fulfilling for you. I have a good friend who is very athletic. Um, and she had a heart attack. Um, I think while she was on her bike, Um, Mm. very, very active woman younger than I am. And just, and then I have another dear friend who also had a heart attack. Didn't even know she was having one. Um, just had nausea and no energy, breathless, trying to walk her dog um, and had been experiencing that and then realized, oh, my goodness, I think I might be having some heart issues. Um, and she drove herself to the, to the emergency room. But it's I just feel like everybody's so focused on cancer and other things. Yep. And yes, it's scary. But this is the greatest, you know, yes, our greatest risk is because of our because of the first pandemic and we're still dealing with this one while we're dealing with the new one. Yes, totally. Okay. So would you like to share with us any resources that our listeners might be able to um, check out? I will put these in the show notes and send me the links of whatever you'd like me to add to that. But if you'd like to share uh, verbally um, what you can offer for people, I would love to have you do that. Well, that's kind of you. And you know, you, the listeners heard me talk about three documentaries and, and there's also a great website, forksoverknives.com with stories that inspire you and many recipes. And that's not my business. It's just a good resource. Like, cause that's the thing they do need. There's a statement out there. It's not willpower. It's skill power. Okay. I want to eat plant-based, but 
what do I make that the wife's going to like, the husband's going to like, my partner's going to like, the kids will like, you know, and you need, you need a range of stuff that some is a crash and burn and some is a success. And forksovernives.com is a good place to go to at least get started. Um, I like getting people started on meal delivery services. Um, you know, there are like uh, Purple Carrot. Purple Carrot has the Tom Brady 12 box, which happens to be all plant-based. Go Tom, go Tom. And, you know, for some people, it helps to start with that. It helps to start with a company in Cleveland called Sprinly.com, S-P-R-I-N-L-Y.com. Even if they then get kitchen skills and recipes, at least they've got some food in the fridge that is consistent with what they're trying to do and doesn't stress them out. So they order uh, Little Caesars Pizza. There's a Detroit company. We don't want you ordering Little Caesars pepperoni pizzas. Uh, absolutely. We want you, you know, having food in the fridge that works for you. Um, I have a website, drjoelkahn.com, D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N.com, K-A-H-N, like Nancy. Um, you know, resources, links to my clinic, links to my social media, links to my podcast, VIP. quick little 20 minutes every week. Um, yeah, I've written six books. They'll all be there. You uh, gave a shout out to the newest one, the Lipoprotein Little A book. Uh, the previous one was called The Plant-Based Solution. Very simple book, trying to understand the science of why transitioning to a nearly or completely plant diet has so many medical advantages, environmental advantages, animal rights advantages. And there's dozens and dozens of easy recipes in there too. And just, you know, social media, follow Heidi Phillips, follow Joel Kahn. And uh, just, you know, now's the time. It's heart month, but every month to me is heart month for the reasons we stated. And, you know, get feeling better. You know, uh, there's a statement by Dr. Michael Greger that the greatest secret in medicine is under the right conditions, the body can heal itself. And I, with deference to my friend, Michael Greger say the greatest secret in medicine is that under the right circumstances, the body never needs to get any disease at all. And I do truly believe that that's nearly possible. The younger you start, the more you throw yourself into it, the more you do it as a lifestyle, because it includes the sleep and the stress and, you know, healthy behaviors and not self-abusive behaviors. And, you know, it's, challenging at times, but it's worth it. Fantastic. All great resources. I'll make sure I get all these listed in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you again for your time. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you. And I, I really, I can't wait to hear from people what they thought of this. And um, I will have to follow you a few more places, I think. So thank well, you again. Good. The, the audience doesn't know we started like Marcel Marceau. We couldn't get the microphones to work. So we <laughs> We're going to do this in sign language, which would always be a wonderful thing for the hearing impaired. But we overcame technological uh, difficulties. So thank you for We did. We were successful. Thank you again. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed it, I hope you share it and click the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. See you on the next one.